Hey there, my amazing listeners. This is your spiritual hype girl, Havla Cunnington, and I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome you to another episode of the Havla podcast. I mean, you know, we always dive deep into topics that can truly transform your life and my life. And today is no exception. So hold on to your hats because we're about to unpack something that is truly a game changer. Boundaries. Yep. You heard it right. This month, we're shining a spotlight on boundaries and why they're an absolute game changer in our lives. But hey, before we dive in, let's take a moment to reflect on this. Have you ever felt overwhelmed, stressed out, or like you're being pulled in a million directions at once? Yeah, some of you right now just broke down. (laughs) You're like, me, me, me. You shouted out, me. I get it, right? Well, you are not alone, my friend. I get it. I've been there. And in today's fast-paced world, it's becoming increasingly challenging to maintain a sense of balance and inner peace and a healthy faith life, right? But here's the secret. Boundaries. We're talking about that invisible line that we can draw around our life to protect our well-being, protect our happiness, protect our sanity, And they're not just important, they are secret weapons to living a fulfilled life and a godly life. And this month, we're diving deep, headfirst into the world of boundaries. We'll uncover why they matter and how they can transform your life. And then we're going to give you practical tips so we can set you up like a pro and you can utilize them. Because, hint, hint, if you're listening to this in real time, We are going into the holidays and we need some backup plans. We need some good boundaries and we need to know that we can keep our peace in the midst of anything. And this is how we do it. So I promise you're in for a real treat. Um, This whole month is a series on boundaries and we're going to teach you how to unleash that power of boundaries in your life like never before. So let's get started. I suggest go get your walking shoes on, pop in your earbuds, maybe get that cup of coffee or go pick those kids up because today we are going to start with boundaries. And actually, we're going to explore the idea of how boundaries um, are created and deeply created by biblical truth and spiritual principles. We're going to look at that as a fascinating facet of really good boundaries. Now, if you've been in the world for a little bit, you know boundaries is a buzzword. We, I mean, boundaries probably started coming around I want to say a good five, six years ago, it was started being used consistently. Of course, the book Boundaries by Townsend and Cloud is a must read. And I remember being given that book, but I just assumed it was for somebody who didn't know how to handle people or handle their life. It wasn't until I was diagnosed with postpartum depression with my second son, Hudson. And I say that kind of casually, but I promise it has been a journey And I was diagnosed multiple times with postpartum depression while being a pastor, while loving God, while preaching the word. And what it came down to was definitely a chemical imbalance. But what I found later on was that a lot of my choices and how I viewed myself, how I viewed what made God happy, was leading me to living overwhelmed, burned out, and dependent on keeping everybody happy. Does anybody else relate to that? And so I want to take us this month through a kind of a reality of what boundaries are, what, what, 
how scripture can change that in our lives. And for me personally, I like to call them biblical boundaries because boundaries in like everyday life is often used as, I know how to say no. Like I'm a no person. I have no problem having boundaries. And a lot of us want to say, no, you're you're just mean. <laughs> you're just a mean person. Like how can us nice people have boundaries too? How can us those that are, have a hard time saying no or have a hard time knowing what's ours or not being manipulated by somebody who like we love or where we were raised by or we are actually working for? How do we actually utilize boundaries in a way that keeps the relationship and allows everyone to be powerful in the relationship? So we're going to dive deep into that. And you see, boundaries aren't just these like lines that we draw. Um, they're not just these kind of well, now I've got a line here, now I don't. No, no, they can actually align with our spiritual beliefs and our values. In fact, I believe they should. Um, they should be offering us a profound sense of purpose and direction. You see, I like to say when your yes is secure, your no is easy. When your yes is secure, your no is easy. So when we talk about boundaries, biblical boundaries are less about what we're saying no to and more about what we're saying yes to. So in the world, boundaries are always no, and you can't talk to me that way, and you can't do this around me, and you can't say that. And yeah, those all are true and right. But in, a, in the biblical world, we get our yes so clear that we're not just fielding no's. We are, our no's become automatic because our yes is so stewarded. Our yes is so directed. It's where we're going. You know, like when, when I have a healthy marriage, uh, because my yes is secure. I know what I'm saying yes to. And so the things that can destroy my marriage or the things that can cause a lot of harm to that relationship um, end up not being as detrimental because my yes is secure and I know how to protect my yes. But it's not just about being on the defense, but it's about being on the offense. It's about saying, these are my boundaries. These are my guidelines. These are my standards. And that helps protect what I want to protect, what I want to value. And that's really important. So I guess I'd like to look at it like this. When I first had, um, my all my kids have been preemies. Uh, but when Judah was born, he was my first preemie. He was 10 days early. He was a little guy. And one of the things the doctor said to me was, Havilah, be very careful when you take Judah out in public because it's flu season. He was born in the month of October. And he said, if somebody out there gets a cold, it's no problem. But if he gets a cold, you have to go to the hospital. It's that serious. And so he recommended that we don't pass him around and we don't let family come in and out of the house for a little bit and let him get to be fully formed to that 40-week mark before we do anything. And so we did. We were very vigilant. We had a few family members we knew were healthy and safe. They were around Judah. But again, we waited for him to get a little bit bigger and then we could have all the friends and family come over. And then eventually we took him out. And then eventually we were at church, but we had his hands covered so nobody could take his hands. And then he would touch his face. And then eventually he got bigger and stronger and healthier. And then he could be passed around. And then eventually he could be put in childcare and then eventually thrown in childcare. <laughs> like, yes, we need an hour and a half to ourselves. Um, but, you know, that was the boundary. The boundary was to protect his little body. I wasn't being mean by saying, no, you can't see Judah at this moment. I was saying yes to him being healthy and him living and developing 
And that was my responsibility. Well, that's what biblical boundaries look like, is we take the thing that matters to God and the thing that matters to us, and we put a boundary around it so it can thrive and it can grow. They are not cement walls. They are not prison walls. They are movable fences that are there to help us protect that which we care about. And it allows the good to stay in, but it also allows the bad to exit without it breaking everything down. So boundaries are these invisible lines that we create that help us stay protected, help us know what's ours and what is somebody else's. And it allows us to live a really healthy life of purpose and direction because we know what belongs to us and what belongs to someone else. So let's take a moment to appreciate the wisdom that's found in the Bible. You know, most often, I should say all the time, really, the Bible provides this timeless guidance for us and how to navigate life and not just navigate it with like grinning and bearing it, but with grace and respect for ourselves and for others. The Bible is the answer to our problems. It is, it has the answers to our questions and it has the solutions to our problems. I know the world wants to act like it's out of date or that it's just some old book, but I'm telling you, any problem you are facing today, any challenge you are facing today, there is an answer and it is in the Bible. And I promise you, when you find it, it will give you light because the Bible says that the word is living and active. It's not just a book written with some text. No, no, no. The Bible says that in between the pages of this book is a man, Jesus, and Jesus is alive and the Holy Spirit is alive and the Father is alive and he wants to bring us into life. And when we invited him to be Lord and Savior of our life, our eternal life starts now. We are in our eternal lives. And so why is this important? Because within scripture, we're not just memorizing text. We are looking for the personhood of God to say, tell us how to live. Show us what what life is. Show us what abundance is. And it's all within there. It's truth. And truth does not change. There is only one truth. And truth does not change according to culture. It does not change according to a generation. It does not change according to new science. Truth is truth. And truth is so critical because the truth is what grounds us. It keeps us living according to a bigger truth than someone's opinion, emotion, or legislation. That's the truth. And, you know, we can still look at simply the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments. And all of us, whether we're people of faith or not, I believe could look at that and say, I think that's a pretty good way to live. You know, we should not commit adultery. We should not steal. We should not kill. And if we don't believe in God, then why would we have any boundaries around protecting things? Well, we just should. Well, why? If I'm just a godless person who isn't answering to a God, then I'm just going to live according to what I want. And it doesn't matter who it, who experiences it. As long as I get what I want and I become the God of my life, and the God of my choices and the God of my future, then I can leave literally a path of damage behind me because I have no boundaries around truth. I have no choice around truth. So this is why it's so important is truth does not change. The word of God is clear. And there are certain things that we need to know what the word says so that culture or our family or our lineage or even our generation does not tell us what is true, but the truth has not changed. So picture this. When we set a boundary in accordance with scriptural principles or biblical principles, we're not only protecting our own well-being, but we're also honoring 
the sanctity of our relationships and connections to others and to God. I mean, that's what boundaries do. When we begin to live according to what scripture tells us to live, we are actually honoring what God has created. And so, my friend, whether you're a person of faith or maybe you're just curious about how faith intersects with boundaries, you're in for hopefully a thought-provoking exploration. So let's dive into this beautiful synergy between boundaries and scripture. Now, certainly there are some scriptures that provide insights into the concepts of boundaries and the importance of setting healthy limits. And we're going to look at those today. And I'm going to kind of go through a lot of them. So if you're feeling a bit overwhelmed, I'll make sure and post some of this in the show notes so you know what I'm talking about. But let's talk about the boundary that emphasizes the importance of guarding your heart and setting emotional boundaries, 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 that's funny, boundaries to protect your well-being. In Proverbs 4, 23, it says, above all, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Why is he saying this? He's saying, listen, you want to guard your heart and set emotional boundaries because everything you do in life comes from your heart. And if you don't protect your heart, then everything that everything you do, everything you say, everything you feel, everything you you act on is going to come out of that. So guarding your heart should be at your highest priority. How do we do that? Well, we protect our emotions, we protect our thoughts, we protect how we how we view ourselves and view others and we just that's the boundary. And so it's important that we don't give our heart away to anybody. It's important that we don't let anyone into our heart. We don't let our emotional um you know, dependency or relationships. We don't actually have emotional relationships with people that are not good for us. Listen, if you're married and you're having an emotional relationship with someone, that is an affair. I love you, but that is the truth. Emotional relationships are an emotional affair in a marriage. And so you may say, we're just, you know, emotionally connected. We're just best friends. No, You need to guard your heart and you need to guard your emotions because out of that is going to flow your actions. Usually affairs don't begin with going into the bedroom. Affairs begin with an emotional heart connect that leads you into your body and your senses following. So the Bible's clear. We got to guard our heart. And if we want to stay morally and sexually pure, we want to guard our heart and our bodies for marriage, then guess what? We also have to guard our heart and our emotional boundaries in our singleness and us not being married so that when we do come into relationship or have that opportunity, we can give our whole heart. We can give a healthy set of boundaries, not just a damaged, not just half a heart, but we can actually be whole and give uh, give that person our wholeness. And then secondly, we see that boundaries are really created to give us personal responsibility and to encourage us to set boundaries by not taking on more than we can handle. In fact, in Galatians 6, 5, it says, for each one should carry their own load. This is Paul, and he's saying it to us like, listen, one of the boundaries you need as a believer is that you should carry your load and you should allow others to carry their load. Now, in the Greek, that word load actually means backpack. It means daily toil. So it's critical that you allow others to carry their own personal responsibility and to set boundaries around not taking on what is personally theirs as an adult. Thirdly, we find that scripture shows us the importance of setting physical boundaries that honor the sanctity of your body. In 1 Corinthians 6, 
19 through 20, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Your body is not just yours. It belongs to God. And it's saying we need to have physical boundaries around how we honor that body and how we honor that temple that God gave us. It's very important. The fifth one that I want to highlight is the idea that we have to have boundaries around how we address conflict and how we address setting boundaries within relationships. In Matthew 18, 5 through 17, it says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. Like, honor them. Don't humiliate them. Don't call them out. Don't send them a DM. Like, sit with them. Talk to them. Let them know, hey, I love you, but this is not, this is not good. And the Bible says, if they listen to you, you have won them over. It's like a true friend goes to them and says, hey, I love you, but I, in privacy, I love you, but this is not going to serve you well. This is not, there's no life in that. There's no future in that. And so having a boundary is actually being willing to address conflict respectfully and privately with someone that you love and actually letting them know, hey, this isn't, this is not your future. This is not good for you. And when you have good, healthy boundaries by addressing that conflict, the Bible says if they listen to you, you've won them over. And that's powerful. And then lastly, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? So this boundaries around encouraging us to set boundaries in who we have relationships with, like who we actually have a romantic relationship with, and that it's important that we don't think it's no big deal to date someone who's not a believer or to date or to marry someone who doesn't have faith. Because it says right here, like, listen, guys, it's going to be really hard that righteousness and wickedness or, you know, the saved and those that are unsaved or the flesh and the spirit, there's going to be a massive conflict. And so it's warning us. Now, listen, if you're married to someone who does not have a faith or is not a believer, well, now you get to show them Christ. That's what the Bible says. You get to show them Christ. And as long as it is not, it does not violate biblical, um, you know, the idea of biblical boundaries like abuse or adultery or, um, you know, um, anything around addiction or abandonment. Again, those are those are kind of broad strokes. I hope that you do more research to find out biblically what that looks like. But the Bible says you can be married to an unbeliever, but you get to now show them what righteousness is, and you'll probably be faced with a lot more wickedness, a lot more flesh, a lot more pain because of it. And so it's saying, if you have a choice, listen, what what two married people have in common, if one is a part of the light and one is part of the dark, it's going to be painful and it's not going to help you maintain your spiritual integrity. So it's saying, if you're a believer, marry a believer. If you're a believer, date a believer. Listen, I know I'm talking to you specifically. Don't let your own insecurity cause you to give your soul and spirit to someone who has not earned it or cannot respect it. Because people of faith are people that answer to a God and God calls us to a higher standard. So why is this important? Well, there's a lot more here. Ephesians 4.26 talks about setting emotional boundaries. Uh, Proverbs 25, 17 talks about the significance of respecting others' boundaries and overstepping in other people's boundaries. And then also in Psalm 16, 5 through 6, it talks about 
finding contentment within the boundaries of uh, set by God. So there's a lot more here. I'll put them in the show notes. But most importantly, I, you, I want you to kind of see the relationship between your spirit and boundaries and how scripture, when you read it, you can begin to ask, what boundary is God trying to set, whether good or bad? Now think about in the garden with Adam and Eve, the boundary was you can eat from everything but this one tree. He wasn't being, he wasn't trying to be mean. He wasn't saying, you can have everything but that one thing you really want. No, he had to put a tree in the garden so that we knew and we know as now that we read it later, free will was available in the garden. Free will to choose what is right and what is wrong because without free will, there is not real love. And so God knew if I showed the world that there was no choice in the beginning, then there would be the assumption that God forced himself on us and that we just have to love him. But he allowed free will to be in the garden so that there could be the power of choice and there could be the power of real love and real relationship. So here's the filter I want you to take this week. While you're reading scripture or listening to scripture or listening to your pastor or a sermon, I want you to think about what boundary God might be showing you, might be saying, hey, there's a good line right here. Make sure you keep that in front of you. And I want you to take note of that. And I want you to think about maybe some of the boundaries that he's put up that you've ignored or you've maybe thought, that's not very relevant. And is it actually causing pain in your life? Are there battles that you're facing right now of being overwhelmed or being burdened or, you know, feeling discouraged and or in pain? And is it that you actually violated a boundary God set with your physical body or your heart or your relationships and you're having the consequence of that and maybe it's time to respectfully put those boundaries back and put them back in place so that you can live the life God's called you to anyway I hope that this series has helped you or at least this podcast uh, next week we're going to jump into uh, more of boundaries look more into what it looks like to have boundaries in our lives we're even going to talk about healthy boundaries and relationships with our family we're going to talk about healthy boundaries uh, what it looks like to have personal boundaries in your journey, and then just also boundaries like how to keep them going and growing. So I hope you're here for it. Again, this whole month is a series on biblical boundaries. Jump in. And if you uh, if you like it, please, please let me know. Leave five stars, share it with a friend, leave a comment. I read each and every one of them. If nothing else, have a great week and I'll see you next time.